the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Colorado Springs, this is going to be a very enlightening program. We're going to address an issue that is way out there, but it's going to be close to our hearts as we find its application. Well, I'm promising you a word a day. This is 100.7, the word. I'm praying through Jeremiah and came to Jeremiah 52.33. So Jehoiakim put aside his prison clothes and for the rest of his life ate regularly at the king's table. If that isn't a beautiful picture of each one of us coming to Jesus, putting aside our prison clothes and for the rest of our lives eating regularly at the king's table, the good things the Lord has for us, and I pray you are at the king's table every day, our daily bread, getting a word from God. I hear people tell me, you know, haven't heard from God for a while. God doesn't speak to me. Well, friend, he's got 31,102 verses in the Bible. It's called God's word. Let him speak to you through it. Well, today we have a special guest, Dr. Debbie Grabenik, who is a friend of our family, she and her husband, former pastors of First Baptist Black Forest, appreciate the work they did so that I could come along and mess it up, Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, so we can get to know you. Well, I think you started it off really well. I'm a pastor's wife. My husband's retired from the pastorate, but you just don't walk away from ministry. So I've spent most of my career and most of my married life. We've been married 45 years. And I would also say that I am Gigi, so I have eight Mm. grandchildren. And I have three grown children, of course, to get the grandchildren. You have grown children. But in the process of all this, I've developed a career. I've been involved. I've had a long career, about 32 years. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I've been a part-time professor for about 22 years. Where is this? Um, I've taught at multiple places, Newman University, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, University of Southern Colorado for Pueblo. So um, I love teaching. And what did you teach? I taught traumatology. I taught theory. I taught research. Mm -hmm. I taught clinical applications. I taught a little bit of everything, whatever they needed. (laughs) I'm like, sign me up. Just put me in. So I guess you'd call me a utility player. A utility (laughs) player and fielder. You bet. Since we're still in baseball season, I can say that. I was thinking the same thing. Yes. uh, I've been a CEO of an organization. I've been a consultant. I'm now a teacher, trainer, and a lot of clinical consultations with kids that people don't know what to do with. Kids are acting out, Mm -hmm. doing things. So I love working in the adoptive world also 
and have had a little bit of a private practice along the way, working with families who were very strug- very much struggling with maybe a child they adopted mm-hmm. or they were grandparents raising their children um, through a different journey than maybe they had planned. So, so it's been fun. Um, I'm also a pickleball enthusiast, so that's when you get me excited, you know, start talking about pickleball in the mornings. So, uh, well, I'm glad you're yeah. staying active. Motion, <laughs> Trying. motion is lotion. <laughs> yes, it is. It keeps us going, doesn't it? Well, before we get into our subject, it appears to me, as I've been in the ministry 55 years, it appears to me over the years, I'm making a, mm-hmm. an assessment here, an observation, maybe correct or incorrect, it seems to me that the problems children have mm-hmm. have just grown exponentially. I've, I've, I've got more of a sense of, of a physical problem, emotional problems, mm-hmm. acting out, these kinds of things. Is, is that true? Is, is, the, is it, whatever it is, mm-hmm. getting worse, or is it just more noticeable? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> I think because our awareness is so much heightened because of social media and how we have access to so much more information and data than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. However, I would broaden the scope. I would not just say that our kids and youth have I- increased in their intensity of behaviors. I would say our young adults, uh, even our families, they're experiencing high levels of domestic violence, of you know, um, aggression, poverty, all levels of issues. The fentanyl opioid crisis mm-hmm. is real. Yeah. And the impacts of poverty. We've got so many layers of things happening. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that we cannot overlook is this is a generation of isolation mm-hmm. like we've never seen before. People are more lonely now. The research is telling us that loneliness and isolation is as deadly as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Wow. That's an epidemic. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, kids are acting out. We're seeing behaviors we've not seen. Mm. And we've also got families that are hurting and seriously feeling as isolated as they ever have in, in all of history. So well, and uh, COVID didn't help any. Inflation, no. inflation doesn't help no. any. You've got the financial pressure. Right. You've got the isolation of That's COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. You have the challenges all over political mm-hmm. and the workplace, mm-hmm. spiritual issues. It's just mm-hmm. all over the place. Right, right. Wow. And and so I'm here to talk a little bit about what trauma is, what trauma isn't, and you know. There's a couple of different kinds of trauma. There's event trauma. Colorado Springs has experienced fires. We've had shootings. Mm. There's been, that's typically an event that occurred. Okay. Now, its impact is still significant. However, it's usually something that you can process and move through. Okay. Developmental trauma is what you or I may have experienced as a young person growing up, early neglect. And it doesn't always have to be this horrific experience. It could be my mom was depressed Mm -hmm. and wasn't available for me emotionally during those early, early years when I'm so dependent on my mom for Mm -hmm. everything in my life. 
or we we're a big military town there could be some deployments mm-hmm. that interrupt our attachment mm-hmm. now i'm not saying that it it messes us up for life yeah. what i'm saying is that it's an insult or an injury to our developmental process so developmental traumas can also include abuse it could be sexual abuse it could be physical emotional abuse and and what the research shows us is that neglect is the most significant impact on us because when our brains were forming mm-hmm. and we didn't get our needs met it actually can create holes in our brain and i don't want to get too you know nerdy yeah, yeah. but i do I, the brain science mm-hmm. is fascinating sure, sure we're holistic it, it is and that's how god created us mm-hmm. he, you know all you have to do is read proverbs to see how much the mind and body are connected mm-hmm. so that's why i think it's really important that we understand trauma and its impact on us mm-hmm. well so. we'll probably might get personal here in a moment and i'll, I'll get personal my mom's mom committed suicide mm. so she had her own demons to deal with it yes. wasn't a, a major thing probably Two, three, four on a scale of one to ten. Yeah. My dad's dad passed away when he was about ten, and he didn't have a, a stepdad through sixteen. So he was my distant dad, and my my mother dealing with her little demons there. So I can see how that has impacted my life, and I had yes. to walk through those. And we'll maybe hear your story in a minute. Yes. And we'll get personal here if that's okay. Yep, that sounds great. Great. See you in a minute. Thanks for joining us. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Another sleepless night. Welcome back. Bob Bender here with Debbie Grabenick. Two doctors talking to each other. You know, Debbie, when you when you journey through the educational systems that we have. All, all we, all we have is we know more and more about less and less. <laughs> yeah, I wish it meant something. All it, all it does for me is I make my kids call me Doctor Mom. That's it. That's that's there the only go. thing. The only difference. <laughs> when our youngest Susie got my doctorate, I forget how the grade schooler. I guess she said so. I guess now you can fix people or something <laughs> like that. I forget her exact quote. Now you can fix people. Well, it's. I fix. I wish fix the sick, maybe the spiritually <laughs> sick, but not the not yeah. the physical. But it's always good to have uh, some education behind us to help us prepare us for what life brings. I was telling my story before the break. And my parents were godly people, raised four godly children, all of us in the ministry. So wow. it was a great, it's great amazing. experience. But. Every family is dysfunctional to one degree or, or another, mm-hmm. aren't they, Debbie? Yes. I mean, yes. let's get real. Let's get yes. real. Right. Um, to, to no fault of my parents, they 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 did the best they could with what they had. They did a good job. Mm-hmm. So when we think of trauma, though, we think you know a car wreck or something like that. But but the 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 lane you're leading us down is more formative. That's right. Okay, family That's of right. origin stuff. That's, it is. And I, I'm, is. I'm telling you, I did not deal with the fact that I had a distant dad who, by the way, is deployed my sophomore year, came back sick, fighting for his life for the next year. Mm. So basically an absentee dad due to mm-hmm. no fault of his own. Mm-hmm. And I did not really engage that and mm-hmm. mourn it, quite mm-hmm. frankly, until Beverly and I went to a marriage conference and I just mm-hmm. broke down and just, just cried, you know. Mm-hmm. I think you have to um, identify mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and you mourn, and then mm-hmm. you heal, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, That's what about right. your story? Could you share your story? Does, does your story impact this yes. issue? You I'm know, right. I, I want to say something yeah. about what you just said, though. There's a, a really great author, Daniel Siegel, and he says, name it to tame it. Mm. And that is such an easy thing. And it, that should be scriptural. It's not, but it <laughs> should be that we just call it out because when we can name it to tame it, it doesn't have the power over mm. us. Good. And so. Well, it's not that nebulous thing out the, there. Exactly, I don't know what I'm dealing with. Exactly. And so I'm able then to deal with it and then pray for about that specific mm-hmm. yeah, thing. Okay, yeah. Lord, you revealed this to me. Now what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, part of my story is that I didn't have a big trauma history. However, I was born in the 50s to a teenage mom who ended up marrying my my uh, dad at that time. And so I did not realize the impact of what that did to her. And But I grew up knowing I was loved and adored. But the shame that my mom experienced was a theme that has been evident throughout my life. Mm. And so you were just talking about our education. My shame story is I never believed I was enough. So I just kept trying to rack up Mm. degrees. Mm -hmm. I have my bachelor's, two master's, Mm -hmm. and a PhD. Well, that was thinking that if I just got more education, it would be enough. Well, it's never enough. It's never enough. But what (laughs) God taught me is I don't have to be enough because he is. Mm -hmm. He says, I am. So he is all that I need. And I think about the woman at the well. She came, and she talked about someone that came with shame and blame. She showed up at the well, not even during the time when all the other people showed up. Mm -hmm. She had so much shame in her life. And what did he do? He spoke to her. And he granted her grace. I believe he granted her healing in that moment. Well, he had to peel the scab out first, though. He did. You see what I'm saying? Go call your husbands. He named it to tame it. He named it. And so she was able to feel Mm -hmm. his enoughness, his acceptance. It didn't diminish what was there. It just, he forgave and he healed her so that she could go on and, quote, sin no more. Mm -hmm. So I take great comfort from that. So my trauma history started early with a teenage mom, but then I knew I was loved. I knew I was adored. They divorced when I was 15, Mm. and I went on my own pathway. Yes, yes. And I went on my own trauma pathway Mm. then. Then I met my husband in seminary. I went to seminary. We were in seminary together, by the way. Yes, which is a whole weird story how I even got in seminary. But I met my husband there, and I thought, this is great. You know, I'm marrying this pastor to be. Little did I know that he had a very significant trauma history. And He and I share this freely because it was uniting my book knowledge, my Mm -hmm. nerd side, my science side, with the experience side, and God wove all that together. Mm -hmm. And he and I did some healing together. Um, But that isn't what I would have chosen. That isn't what I thought. But I learned so much about what trauma does to us, the impact. And, you know, it shows up in relationships in ways that Mm. we don't really talk about a whole lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that fight. You know, I'm a fighter. Come fight. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a little feisty. Not a little. My husband say I'm a lot feisty. (laughs) 
But and he's is he flight? He's a flight. Oh yeah. So I'm a, I'm like chase him. Yep, we got to yep. fight this out. Yep. And he's like, hey, I got to leave. I got to leave. Got to go to my cave. Yeah, that's right. And so I would chase it. Mm-hmm. Like we got to deal with this. And so I've learned that what he needed from me is to say, I'm going to be here no matter what. You leave, you do what you need to do, but I'm going to be here. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't have that. And so stability and that, you know, I was in it for the long haul. Mm -hmm. I'm stubborn. I wasn't going to let this, you know, not work. Mm -hmm. Now, he did some of his own work in the process and did some of his own healing. And I think that's what God wants for us. He mm-hmm. wants us. And I love that Jim Daly shared the word yeah. because we are worthy. That's how God created us. Mm-hmm. That's how he designed us. That's what he wants for us. Um, but talk to somebody, you know, talk to a pastor, mm-hmm. talk to a therapist. Yes. Um, we've got that, that trauma gets stored in our bodies. And you said it. You said, well, I didn't even know I needed it mm-hmm. till I went to a conference mm-hmm. and then it broke loose, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You, you told me you cried, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Crying is one of the ways we discharge it and mm. get it out of our body. Mm. I'm a crier and there is such deep cleansing that comes from tears, that comes from just being in the moment mm. and moving through it, not running around it. You know, God tells us that he will give us the way to pass through it, not mm-hmm. to go around it, yep, to make yep. it through. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's some of the journey that I've been on. And our commitment was to not pass that on mm-hmm. to our children mm-hmm. and our children's children. Sure. And that part's hard. Yep, yep, yep. Everybody's dealing with something. They all are. And there's a reason for every tone of voice. We've got to figure out what that reason is mm-hmm. and get beyond this, you know, mm-hmm. Sunday morning, I'm fine. Yeah, you know, and with put the on smile. the smile, and and, and and you know, hey, let's move on. You know, that's right. Superficial. Everybody needs an intimate relationship with someone else. The, yes. the single adults, I really feel sorry for them. Who do they have to go to? Maybe another single of the same yes. sex. But you gotta, you gotta open up. Some some of the, the loneliest times in my life was, was a single adult mm-hmm. when I was in ministry. No nobody to go to. Mm-hmm. But you need you need number one. We need the Lord. Mm-hmm. Number two, we need others, family. Yes. Number three, we need the church. Right. And sometimes we need professional help, and there's right. no shame nope. in getting professional help. Nope. Most everybody nope. in our family said, uh, been to a counselor, had therapy. I mean, they, they know stuff, mm-hmm. and they can help us, people like yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and you're dealing with something, uh, you know, reach out. You, yeah. you, you, it is not good for man or woman, for that matter, to be alone. That's right. God said, "Not good, that's not right. good, not good, not good." So that's why He created soulmates. He created the church. He created family, so we can reach out and uh, let people in. Mm-hmm. And some personalities are mm-hmm. more social. <laughs> Beverly, you know, more relatable, more social. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a male female thing. Sometimes I'm, you know, at mm-hmm. a arm's length. You know, don't get to know me. You won't like me as much. <laughs> But let's get real. Mm-hmm. Let's just get real That's right. with it. That's and right. we'll unpack this some more when we return. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Very insightful. We'll see you in a bit. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back. We're dealing with some deep stuff here today. And I want you to join me uh, tomorrow as well. 
we will go deeper in a related issue as we're considering trauma today. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to deal with what am I to do with myself? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my problems galore. So what can we do with ourselves? Dr. Grabenik, it's yours. You know, I was listening to you, and you said something that really just got my brain firing, the synaptic connections going, and it was about how we need people. You know, we are literally hardwired for connection. Why don't you say that again? We are hardwired for connection. God made us that way, is that what you're saying? perfect design. We are not meant to live life in isolation. And that means in community, that means your groups, that means your church, that means, you know, your neighborhoods. And we are a generation of garage door openers. We drive in, shut our garage. We have bathrobes and Netflix, nothing wrong with Netflix, but that's Mm -hmm. isolating us. It's keeping us from connection. Well, that's what we began our program with, a social problem, and now we're relating the two, two plus two equals four. That's right. That's right. And so in that connection, and now this does not mean with everybody, you find those people and their names should fit on a postage stamp. It should be that few people that get access to your inner self. Not everybody Intimate needs friends, that. That's exactly friends. right. Yeah. And that's where you can be your most vulnerable, mm-hmm. your most authentic. That's the place where you can say, I'm not doing well. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling. And I think we need to start with our spouses. We, we do. Mm-hmm. And building that you know, and not everybody has a spouse. So we've got widows, we have singles, we have divorced, we have a whole spectrum of people mm-hmm. that are Good living insight. alone. Yep. So finding mm-hmm. that relationship, and sometimes we find it in untra- non-traditional ways. Mm-hmm. It could be a neighbor. It could be your Starbucks. Yeah, yep. it could be a Starbucks partner. Mm-hmm. It could be your workout buddy. It mm-hmm. you know, whomever that is. And I know for me, I very much prioritize and value my relationships. So what does that look like? And finding a way to connect. You have to be intentional. Mm -hmm. Guys, we're all busy, Mm -hmm. but we need to find ways to connect. And I'm not saying be a therapist. I'm saying just be real, Mm -hmm. be vulnerable. Now, vulnerability is misunderstood. Vulnerability doesn't mean oversharing. Mm -hmm. It just means being who you are, in that space and Being comfortable in your own skin and, and, and just yeah. showing up yeah. Yeah. and not, not always having to be who you think mm-hmm. everybody yep. thinks you should be. Yeah. Boy, isn't, that a, yeah. isn't that a weird way to say that it's, but I spent so much of my early life trying to be the pastor's wife. I thought everybody wanted me mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I failed on every front. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. And I wasn't the wife my husband deserved nor needed. You know, I was critical. I think there was a lot of uh, expectations on me, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to handle it. And there wasn't anybody I felt safe. That's the key. Who do you feel safe talking mm-hmm. to? They're not going to tell other people what you said. 
They're not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. They're just going to do life with mm-hmm. you, not to you, not for you. They're going to do it with you. Well, James five sixteen says, if you want to be forgiven, confess your sins to God. If you want to be healed, confess, confess them your to sins each other. to man. Yes. Confess your sins to one of them. You may be healed. Your faults. I think that's so powerful. And he also talks about in Hebrews 10, you know, don't forsake assembling together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Come together mm-hmm. because that's to me where the healing happens mm-hmm. so i'm i'm a big fan and it doesn't mean whether you may have a small t trauma mm-hmm. a small trauma you may have uh, an incident maybe it was a car accident but you find yourself anxious now a mm-hmm. lot yeah, yeah. driving is really difficult mm-hmm. or maybe it was you know something else that happened you had you were fired from a job maybe you were there, there's all mm-hmm. kinds of things and it affects how you view your world. Mm. So that's a place you can unpack with another person. Mm-hmm. You know, just to say, I'm struggling. And that other person doesn't have to give advice. That's where we've made so many errors in the in the church. Sure. I have done that. Mm-hmm. I figured I'm here to fix you. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what just people need heard. or they want. Be heard. Yeah. We call it to be seen, heard, and valued. Mm -hmm. So that's our job with our children. That's our job with our spouses, with our friends, with our community, with our church members, Mm -hmm. our neighbors. Help them know that they are seen, heard, and valued. Yep. So Back to the church, there are biblical images, metaphors for the church. All mm -hmm. of them are relational. They all begin with B, bride, building, and body. Oh, that's yeah, good, we, Bob. We, <laughs> we need each other. Now, this, let me back up a little bit because you mentioned something I think we need to engage. Let's get on the neurological side. Mm-hmm. You talked about the synapses. Yes. And what, and I'm not a doctor like you are, but uh, what needs to, and we'll get into healing here as we yeah. move into you know yeah. healing. We need to retrain our brain and, and create that's new right. pathways that's right. because that's right. these synapses. They become like a stream becomes like a river. Yeah. If you keep feeding it, whether it's fear or guilt or mm-hmm. lust or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that thing's going to get larger and larger. Yes. So what you need to do is retrain the brain mm-hmm. and so that the new synapses can be built and strengthened that's right. That's right. so that we become healed. Is mm-hmm. that pretty good assessment? Yeah, that's really good. It's called neuroplasticity. Okay. So the, it, the brain can change and grow new synaptic connections at any time. Mm-hmm. This is why on your way home, drive a, a different way. You're, you're starting to develop a new synaptic connection. It's mm-hmm. why we do crossword puzzles or Sudoku. We are trying to retrain the brain. Now, as believers, this is where memorizing the Word of mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. listening to praise music, mm-hmm. we are creating new synaptic connections by Biblical worldview and, and a right. personal that's biblical right. That's right. That's strength. Right. Yeah, yes. from the word, from prayer, from Christian Absol- fellowship, Christian music. Good. And and almost like thinking about opening our hands up. I've got my hands open, letting other people pray over me, which is creating a new way of thinking mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I'm embracing that. I'm taking it in. Mm-hmm. There's also another one. And that's through movement. Mm. And you and I talked about that a little bit, you yeah. know, motion, motion creates lotion. Yeah. Yeah. lotion. Mm-hmm. But movement is bilateral stimulation. It gets both sides of our brains working together. Mm-hmm. And so walking is great. 
um, prayer walking, even just walking, listening to a book, or walking and just creating opportunity for God to speak to you. So that it, that can be very, very healing. Another thing that is excellent for healing is any kind of discharge. That's why people like art. Mm-hmm. They like journaling. They like music. An avocation. Like, yes. They athletics like, or whatever. Yeah, the, okay. They like drumming, yeah. rhythm, any of these, mm-hmm. even jumping, jumping rope. It's it's amazing. Running, all these things, these discharge can help well, you to get sweat the, the toxins, too. Yeah, you can yeah, get that yeah. trauma out of mm-hmm. your body. Yeah, yeah, the physical and toxins Psalms as well as the emotional. talks about that, the, mm-hmm. the bones and the bitter medicine. Yeah. And so sometimes if we don't release it, it gets stored and it gets hardened. Mm-hmm. You know, think about how many times the scripture talks about hardened hearts. Mm-hmm. And so when we don't discharge it, we get that hardening of the arteries, mm-hmm. the hardening yep. of the spirit. Yep. So we've got to discharge it. And I can suggest things all day long, but you have to choose what works for you and what God shows you will work for you. Good, good. Well, we'll get into more specific ways in which to deal with trauma when we return. And Debbie, thank you for introducing this subject and helping us through it. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back, and this is Bob Bender. We have Debbie Grabenik with us talking about trauma, and normally when we think of trauma, we think of the big stuff, but the little T traumas stack up and they can just be as as something that just gets us off track. But this is this is lap four of our time together, so we'll bring it home and see how we can get on track. Debbie, when I think of trauma, I think of uh, trauma in a hospital. Mm-hmm. A trauma center. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I had a couple of concussions at the trauma center down at Memorial. I call it the knife and gun club, you know, because, boy, they deal with a lot. But anyway, in that trauma center, first of all, you have the triage. You kind of mm-hmm. assess, and then you have your diagnosis, mm-hmm. and then your prognosis. And hopefully, of course, we will. We know our prognosis is good right. as Christ followers. That's right. And then the pathway to health. Mm-hmm. So uh, help us with the pathway to healing. We've alluded to it. A little bit, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm reminded of Jacob's limp. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Jacob had a limp. He, he got healed, mm-hmm. but he had a limp. Mm-hmm. So does healing mean it goes away? No. Well, <laughs> and I want right. to make sure, you know, sometimes I gravitate towards giving all the dark side, you know, of, oh, here's all the things that trauma does. And before I answer your question, yeah. I'd like to really make sure that we do talk about that our prognosis is about hope Mm -hmm. because God says in Jeremiah 29, he talks about that he has plans for welfare, not calamity to give us a future Future that will prosper and and that we will hope. And I believe that exactly. And I believe that with my whole heart that um, we hope and that does not mean perfection. Mm. That means you still may struggle with anxiety you still may struggle with um, some doubts. However, God's going to meet you there. And, you know, uh, somebody close to me has 
what his answer is, he's learned to have uh, have peace with his depression. Mm. It didn't mean that depression went away, mm-hmm. but it doesn't rule who he is mm-hmm. and how he operates. Mm. You know, it's kind of like he Good. let Jesus into that, right. and Jesus created that healing environment. But he still has some of those depression elements there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's what gives me hope is that I know that God's the author and perfecter of all of this. Mm -hmm. And so the healing is our part. We need to go to him. We need to, just like you said, that was a perfect analogy. We have to assess it. We have to have it triaged. We need to know what the prognosis is. And and we need to let God enter into and determine and show us where we go, mm-hmm. because he doesn't want us to live a life defeated. That's not part of his mm-hmm. plan. Mm-hmm. But we still may have some echoes, is the word mm-hmm. I like to use. Mm-hmm. We may still have echoes of our earlier experiences, mm-hmm. because those leave an imprint sure. on us. Sure. And it's also the part that makes us special and that's what he can use in our lives to touch and connect with others. It's a part of our story. It is. And normally uh, we had no control over it. Right. That's it right. It happened to us or mm-hmm. is a part of us. That's right. By the by, the way we are wired genetically or mm-hmm. formatively in mm-hmm. our homes of origin. That's right. And so um, hopefully getting even to the point of not only – Surviving but thriving, maybe mm-hmm. even celebrating it if yes. we can get there. And that's yes. a big ask. Yeah. But Lord, this is what you've allowed to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Help me to use this for your your glory. Mm-hmm. Everybody's dealing with something. All of us have a limp, mm-hmm. and it's named. It's named different things in different lives. Mm-hmm. So let's not pretend we have it all together, and and deal with it personally and then share our story and we'd be surprised how many people the Lord brings across our paths who are dealing with it as well. And what's that Bible uh, verse in Corinthians that we have been comforted so we can comfort others. That's right. That's right. So make it a part of your story, embrace it, release it, allow God to be Lord over it Mm -hmm. and get over the fact that everybody has it, has it together because they don't. And in my experience, Debbie, I'm just chasing a rabbit, but in my counseling experience, it's the it's the ones who seem to have it all together that have the greatest problems. Isn't that something? Yeah. I don't know whether they have compensated by uh, being productive or by making themselves beautiful, but you think, man, they, I thought he had it all together, and he has more problems than anybody else. You know, I don't know. That's a, that's a rabbit. I don't know. Well, I, we just, I think we, I, I we think cover it up. I yes, think, that's one of our coping strategies. And one of the things that I am passionate about is helping people connect the dots about, oh, I never thought about it that way. I did experience something, mm-hmm. and it's – Because a lot of times what happens is we have shame over what we've experienced, Mm -hmm. and then our shame creates silence, secrecy, and judgment. Mm -hmm. So our shame creates all this. And you know what dissipates shame? Empathy does. And that's what we need to be doing with each other in relationship, in community, in the church. Yes. You know, one of the things I use in counseling— when they start sharing their their problems, yes, 
I'll say, you know, me too. Yeah. Me too yeah. are powerful words. They are. Connecting words. They are. Because we're all dealing with something. Were some of the, some of the major traumas? What are, what are some of the biggies that, that in your counseling and your experience? What are the were the ones that seem seem to repeat themselves a little more often that maybe we need to be aware of? You know, I think the absence of parental engagement, mm. the absence of parental nurturing. Wow. Yes, and it That's, doesn't even mean that they're physically yeah. absent. They could be emotionally yep, absent. Yep. Or they were abusive, they were, you know, come home and, you know, laid down the law, or they mm-hmm. were uh, physically abusive. Um, I think also, I, it, it's there, there's sexual abuse, mm-hmm. and it surpasses socioeconomic status, mm. educational backgrounds. It, I've seen it in so many levels and so many different ways. So then I've also seen... Domestic violence, where the partner abuse, you know, uh, husband, wife, even mm-hmm. in dating relationships where it's been abusive, mm-hmm. um, those things lay lasting imprints mm-hmm. that often need professional help sorting things out because mm-hmm. the shame creates us to turn inward mm-hmm. and be silent about it. Mm-hmm. And so we don't, because somewhere we learn, we began to believe that we caused it. Mm-hmm. It was our fault. And that's what shame yeah, is. Yeah. Shame is not what Define I shame did. For me. Well shame shame for me. shame's not what I did. Shame is about who I am. Mm. That I am unworthy. Mm-hmm. I am unworthy of love and belonging. Mm. That's what shame is. Mm. So think about that. Jesus said you are mine. Mm-hmm. I, you belong. Mm-hmm. I claim you. And so shame will keep us isolated mm-hmm. and shut down. And so we need to be able to reach out with empathy and love and understanding and patience, Mm -hmm. because I'll tell you, the healing takes way longer than we think it should. Good point. Don't don't be impatient. You can't put a timeline on it. I've been married 45 years, and there's days sometime I'm going, are we back to this? You know, we we still haven't gotten it yet. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. before anybody thinks it isn't just... My husband, I have made so many mistakes and created such, you know, um, harm and Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. uh, disruption in our relationship that I've had to apologize and apologize and apologize. Yeah, yeah. let's don't blame, let's don't minimize, deal with ourselves. I've had to take accountability and make it right. Good word, accept it and move forward. Well, I hope we've helped. And hope you can reach out to your pastor, your counselor. Call me. We'll put you in touch with resources to help us to overcome trauma and thrive and not survive in Jesus. God bless you. I love you. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you for having me. Take care. care. 100.7 The Word. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.